0: To discuss the real issues affecting Australia and New Zealand, this is Trad Tasman Talk, jointly produced by the Unshackled.net and the Mr. Berry, Mr. Berry Show. Now, here are Tim Wilms and Stephen Berry, live from Melbourne.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Trad Tasman talk on a Friday evening for the second consecutive week so we're back consistent for once on this 28th of October 2022 I'm Tim Wilms editor-in-chief of the Unshackled here in Melbourne where it is 6 p.m
0: and I'm Stephen Berry uh, contributor to the bfd.co.nz also here in Melbourne and God, it's so good to be back after the months and months of internet misery keeping me offline. Um, Got what, four months of Optus, one month of Vodafone, getting about five megabytes per second on wireless, and um, pulling my hair out because there's no NBN in the building. It turns you out really there's a thing called LBN. Yeah, I know, oh, exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, it turns out there's this thing called Albion, which nobody knows about, which has been in my building the whole time. So now I've got fiber and I'm getting about three to 400 megabytes per second. So that's fucking awesome.
1: And that's, oh, both, both of us thought that there could never be such speeds in, uh, Australia and New Zealand. We've just been used to crappy internet and so has our audience. Uh, hello to everyone in the the live chats on the Unshackled Right Minds YouTube channel and also Right Minds Facebook, because yes, they know what it's like to, to have a bad internet as well. So if anyone drops out tonight, uh then it's not Stephen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've never experienced anything like it. New Zealand it's actually pretty good.
1: It is. It is better than Australia's uh, though still not uh, not uh, globalist standards I'm sure the, no, uh, the no, certainly not the, 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 the best internet uh, possible. I've heard that actually Africa's internet's better than ours down, down under.
0: <laughs> I would believe that actually after after what I've gone through.
1: but yes it's good to have you uh, finally back and you look well.
0: Thank you. Uh, Probably because I'm just getting fatter.
1: Was that that your intention?
0: No, no. It's just what happens when, um, well, I've been doing sit-on-my-ass jobs for the last six months, and I guess my metabolism just isn't what it was.
1: (sighs) Well, let's get stuck into the, the, the meat of... Tonight's program, and uh, well, we now start with uh, both a health and and weather uh report. So, we uh, uh, Mindoue reported last week uh, that uh, Jacinta has decided to humv- humbly relinquish uh, some of her more extreme covert uh powers, and uh, in uh, Victoria, we're not under pandemic orders or state of emergencies for the first time since the beginning of the, the pandemic and we're all getting uh covert reports weekly now and so i'm not sure about you but uh, it still looks the the closest uh that uh, it's been to 2019 normal
0: yeah yeah I've, i feel the same way virtually nobody wears a face mask in public transport anymore it's not even 50 50 now Um, But watch out for the latest um, variant called BXX, which has been called the nightmare variant and is apparently twice as contagious as Omicron. But uh,
1: I think. Uh, Where did you you read that? Uh, Because I think I saw it was in maybe the Atlantic or something. They always uh, alarm us with the new variant that's going to be the. What is that? The nightmare variant, even though the the wave in Singapore and in European countries is beginning to uh, dip after not being (laughs) as as high as all the other waves.
0: Yeah, um, this was on stuff.co.nz, which is um, infamous for being left-wing bullshit in New Zealand. There's only been two cases so far, but um, I just thought it was interesting that they needed to Give
1: it that sort of name. Uh, we the 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 most sort of in depth uh, COVID report we get in Australia is the the New South Wales Health uh, Weekly Surveillance uh, Report, which showed that uh, uh, BQ one point one and XBB were increasing. So, but like uh, we were told to expect this that there's just going to be these roller coaster waves, but they're just going to be sort of less and less.
0: Yeah, and they just get weaker and weaker,
1: so who cares? Uh, Kesho uh, says, is that the one that leaked from Boston University? Uh, Kesho is obviously talking about how Boston University decided uh, to make a COVID variant using the, making it as infectious as Omicron, but with the severity of the original uh, Wuhan strain that killed 80% of mice, because I don't know. They just thought, yeah, like what the hell? Let's just see what happens. Because yeah,
0: well, that is the most retarded thing I've seen in education since I had a science teacher who got us to take swabs off toilet seats to see what to see what germs would um, bloom in the petri dishes.
1: I'm sure Fauci uh, was proud. I mean, they got funding from uh, I think one of uh, the 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 Fauci linked agencies and uh, d- despite uh, the uh, supposed debunking discrediting of the lab leak uh, theory I, it still cannot be ruled out and more and more uh scientists uh, such as well our own peter collignon in australia and uh, internationally uh, uh francois balu uh saying that yeah it still needs to be explored
0: yeah, I, I there's no doubt in my mind that it's come out of the lab. I think the evidence is actually overwhelming.
1: Uh well, apparently Wuhan is back in in lockdown uh, because uh, Xi Jinping uh, is going to be persist persisting with COVID zero for however many long years. And of course, there's uh, obviously you feel sorry for the uh, the the poor Chinese uh, people, but there is a an irony in it. Going back to to Wuhan, where if COVID zero really worked, then it wouldn't have got out of Wuhan in the first place.
0: Yeah, well, you know, hope, hopefully that um, has uh, the unintended consequence down the road of um, increasing uh, the hostility to the Chinese government by the Chinese.
1: Now, let's move to more immediate uh, and, I would say, real threats to uh, lives and livelihoods, and that is the flooding uh, that has occurred in mainly Victoria, but has also spread uh, to New South Wales and Queensland. Uh, now, it was predicted to start uh, raining constantly last weekend uh by the uh the bureau of meteorology the 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 bomb uh which uh the their uh ceo has apologized for their rebranding waste because they don't like to be called the the bomb uh they wanted to be called the the bureau uh but the (laughs) water environment minister tanya plebisek said um australians will call it what they like uh so maybe i think they were just too obsessed with uh they're rebranding to actually get the forecast right this week. But the rains uh, did return Thursday and Friday. The main uh, th- flood threat area is uh, the Murray border town of Uh, uh So that is is where the the threat remains. Obviously, the Shepparton and uh, the inner west around the the Maribyrnong River have also been deeply affected. And uh, to my knowledge, there's still been three deaths uh, associated with the floods in Victoria and New South Wales.
0: Yeah, I guess uh, being the city-bound person I am, uh, Melbourne just looks grey and dreary for about six months of the year anyway, so I guess I haven't really noticed the difference. Um, But it does seem to have been, uh, well, it does seem to be becoming quite frequent um, in New South Wales and Queensland, though I think uh, most people are putting that down to the La Nina uh, weather patterns.
1: Yes, but it's 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 more a politically exploitative for uh, uh, certain types to just blame climate change, even though it, this is a recognised weather pattern, La Nina, and uh, of course, uh, governments, including uh, Dan Andrews in Victoria, said we're not going to build dams because uh, dams don't make it rain. Except when it does rain, they capture the water and reduce the risk of flooding it almost seems like it's deliberate so when there's another drought in you know a couple years or maybe next 10 and uh, the dams are dry they can just say it's climate change again rather than capture all the water now
0: yeah and that might actually help with the energy issues as well um uh, about 90 percent of new zealand's power is hydroelectric
1: and of course uh, because of uh, crop Damage. We're being told uh, to uh, brace their increased fruit and vegetable prices uh, again. I mean, this happened infamously with lettuces uh, uh, around about uh, June uh, when the the flooding in uh, New South Wales uh, happened in its in the in the northwest of Sydney.
0: Well, Australia is actually quite lucky in the sense that um, most fruit and vegetables are available pretty much year round um i was surprised to find the availability of strawberries blueberries um and the like you know in the middle of winter having come from the backwaters of new zealand where you get a strawberry season for about two months and that's it (laughs) i had no idea that um yeah you could actually make them available the entire year
1: (laughs) oh well obviously the the price fluctuates depending whether they're in season, so there always is that price signal, and they always keep like uh, some in the 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 those industrial fridges. Uh, so there's some year round. Yeah, so Joe okay. says berries, berries everywhere.
0: Yeah, that's great. No, I mean, that's just the case with apples, for example. Um, uh,
1: he's also it's a it's a what is that uh, double reference, as in berries on the screen.
0: Yeah, people might also be surprised to know that some of the apples they buy in the supermarkets can be up to eight to 10 months old as have been kept in uh, coolage throughout the time that they're out of season, uh, which is why sometimes you'll get uh, shortages of them in mid-summer as they wait for the new season's crop to come through
1: now on tuesday evening i uh, the the much anticipated uh, albanese government's uh, first uh, budget or mini budget delivered by treasurer uh, jim chalmers or should i say uh dr jim chalmers because he did a a phd on another labor uh, treasurer and subsequent prime minister paul keating uh, so he had been obviously sort of what is that laying the the ground for difficult uh difficult news and decisions uh, about this uh, mini budget but it turns mm-hmm. out that it was more like a micro budget and it was just mainly full of more forward estimates by uh Treasury uh, which is which which are always wrong uh, so uh, there's there's no. Surpluses uh, that uh, are forecast uh, in the, the next uh, three or four years. Uh, electricity prices are forecast to increase fifty percent uh, for the next year. Unemployment is <laughs> tipped to increase uh, next year. Uh, all that five well, percent ain't bad all that there there seemed to be was a a bit of a a shift in in spending so they they cut uh uh, what they believed were the the coalition rorts and uh when when it's described as a family-friendly uh budget it's for the uh middle upper class families uh, so they can, what is that, uh, get more uh, taxpayers' money for paid parental leave and also uh, cheaper uh, uh, cheaper childcare so they can dump their children there uh, uh, when they yeah. go to war- work.
0: Yeah, so subsidies going up to 90% on childcare. Yet there's also going to be an investigation to find out why the cost of childcare is exploding um well, it's quite simple actually, when you heavily subsidise it and ensure that the prices don't get passed on to consumers, um the suppliers will keep increasing the price. We see this across medicine, for example, would probably be the uh, the primary one
1: well the the ABC and uh, the the Sydney Morning herald they've uh, done a, a a series of joint investigations into uh, Medicare waste and, and fraud, uh, which uh, they've calculated to be up to to eight billion, which is has really upset uh, the the Australian Medical uh, Association. They doubled down this week, uh, claiming that uh, uh, bureaucrats who are supposed to be uh, investigating uh, such uh, waste, many of them have links to the. Oh, they're the the Australian Medical Associations so are basically doubling down since the AMA called their report garbage and the figure uh, garbage. But uh, it doesn't matter whether it's uh, childcare uh, or medical spending. Uh, you and I both know that whenever there's a huge pot of money that the the government is said uh, we're going to spend this on, because governments love saying we're going to spend this X billion. On uh, on this uh, uh, critical uh, care project, NDIS is a is another is an is another uh, government project where there's lots of uh, rotting and fraud. Uh, there's always going to be a actors who want to get a slice of, of that pot of money that uh, the, the government is uh, uh, pro- providing.
0: Absolutely. Um, in New Zealand, they've got the same issue. Um, a couple of years ago, Labor government spent an extra $6 billion on mental health. Um, for the first year, they didn't actually spend the money, uh, which is how incompetent they are. They're great at making promises, but they can't even attempt to deliver them. Uh, but they're, they're also uh, declining. Uh, trying to dampen down expectations of tax cuts, even though minimum wage workers working full-time are almost paying a 30% tax rate because they think New Zealanders see the value in investing in the health system. They've increased health spending by 40% in the last five years, and the system is crap. Uh, There's thousands of people who are leaving emergency departments because of the wait times, which in some cases are over 24 hours. And the government's now had to put a policy into place uh, requiring hospitals for those who are, have been on a waiting list for over 12 months to book surgery immediately. But there's there's no more facilities to do it despite uh, the increased spending.
1: And we also, the next day after the budget, uh, there was uh, the inflation uh, figures. Uh, so it's calculated annually to the end of September quarter so 7.3% so about as bad as uh new zealand's uh mm. it's expected to peak inflation at 7.75% by the end of the, the year but again uh these uh, the, these uh, treasury forecasts just like climate models and covert models they're always wrong so but yes well, as long as
0: they keep deficit spending and borrowing money um, that inflation rate's not going to come down.
1: And now uh, Peter Dutton in his uh, budget reply speech uh, last night uh, rightly pointed out what's happened to the, uh, the, the, the pre-election commitment by uh, Anthony Albanese uh, that uh, power bills Uh, would be cut by $275 at some point. So this is one of the memes that...
0: Did he say a maximum of two? Oh, no. Okay. Yep.
1: Yeah. So, But, uh, of course, they're forecast to go up uh, by the Australian Energy Regulator by 50%. So I think it's something like, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Gas, uh, 44%, and electricity, uh, 56%. And, uh, obviously, uh, petrol... Uh, set to rise, also forty cents uh, uh, a liter. Uh, this is sort of a, and when we get into sort of the state election campaign, this is sort of a, a, a tactic that uh, both sides use. They use the other side's branding uh, to highlight their their policy failures, sort of like, s- so voters are tricked into thinking that it's the party bragging about how they're screwing you over. <laughs>
0: Well, I guess this is the issue with compulsory voting, isn't it? All the idiot, all the idiots and also, actually can't do. Uh, uh,
1: truth in uh, advertising laws don't apply to political parties. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so you can. Just, I don't think uh, they well, should
0: apply to anything, really. I mean, what sort well, of idiot would think that was actually a Labour Party advertisement?
1: But it's it's designed to get an emotive response that's like because you see the Labour branding and see uh yeah I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up again uh Albanese smirking I think his face has been photoshopped on that petrol user because <laughs> yeah I don't think that is elbow at the bowser at all no no <laughs> But yes, it's, it's so of pretty... course.
0: The petrol, the petrol price rise is only a result of them um, not delaying the return of excise tax to the previous levels, anyway.
1: Well, yes, it's gone back up uh, twenty-four uh, cents, although. Uh, uh, so
0: forty-four cents a litre. It's very, very low excise rates in New Zealand. It's well than... over fifty percent of the price of petrol.
1: Even though petrol and energy are going up in uh, Australia, which, of course, uh, a lot of it's blamed in the the war in Ukraine, the war in Ukraine has actually uh, contributed to the the budget deficit being lower uh, because of strong uh, commodity prices, which also... Benefit uh, the West Australian uh, budget as well. I think they're the only budget in surplus. So the deficit is now projected to be 37 uh, billion for this financial year, down from 78 billion that the coalition forecast in its final uh, budget in March.
0: Uh, that's still quite horrific, though, isn't it? But it, it is uh, yeah. bizarre that in a country that is as resource rich as Australia, um, energy prices are skyrocketing.
1: And I think the the, the budget uh, budget deficit for next year is supposed to be around about uh, fifty uh, billion. So the, the everything's uh, forecast to get worse. I don't know whether is this is some sort of deliberate tactic, to sort of like because this is their their first economic statement in government to just sort of make it so that's all doom and gloom so uh, in a couple of years pre-election say good news it's nowhere near as bad as uh, we thought and we've got all this good news and we can give you these goodies just in time for the election
0: yeah well the first budget is the time for a new government to make all the extremely unpopular decisions and then try and make up for it over the next couple of years
1: So we've got uh, the Victorian state election on November uh, 26, and uh, the latest poll uh, that uh, was in uh, the uh, published in the Age newspaper uh, by their uh, Resolve a a political monitor. Uh, So it shows that... uh, uh, Dan uh, in the, uh, the, the two-party preferred stakes uh, is likely to uh, win a successive third term, but the major party votes are continuing to, to go uh, down. Uh, so going further down here, like, or oh, Dan Andrews is, uh, is still the preferred premier, 49% to 29%. And I think you're able to...
0: Oh, the question is just going to be, will they have more or less than 55 out of 88 seats at the end of election night?
1: And this is the VIC uh, uh, primary vote. So ALP 38%, LNP 31%, Greens 12%, Independents 12% and other 6%. It says that 73% uh, committed with their their votes so both the major parties primary votes have gone down uh but uh, which could mean that uh, there might not be a friendly uh cross bench in the upper house because dan is able able to get through his both years his, uh, uh totalitarian emergency powers and his cultural marxist agenda uh, with the assistance of the three Stooges, so Samantha Ratnam of the Greens, Fiona Patton of the Reason Party, and Annie Medic of the Animal Justice Party.
0: He's essentially only got uh, a majority of one of all of those people come into line in the upper house, if I recall correctly.
1: And uh, there is a, a, a large block of minor and uh, micro-parties who uh, are vying for uh, seats in the Upper House. Uh, so there is uh, the United Australia Party, uh, who's state leader, who's running in the, the Northern Victoria region, Jeff Shaw, a, f- a former uh, Conservative uh, Liberal MP for Frankston during the, the Bellew, uh government. There is uh, the Freedom Party of Victoria, which is being founded by uh, Morgan Jonas, uh, formerly of uh, Reignite uh, Democracy uh, Australia. Uh, There is uh, the Democratic Labor Party, which is now led by uh, Bernie Finn, uh, after he was kicked out of the Victorian Liberal Party Room. Uh, there is also the uh, revived Family First Party, uh, so another social conservative political party. There is uh, One Nation is is also running and uh, just registered today. There's the Restore Democracy, Sack Dan Andrews Party, and there is also the Angry Victorians Party. Uh, which is a, it's a linked to the Australian Values uh, Party, which was founded by former uh, SAS officer Heston uh, Russell, and there's also
0: a Companion and Pets
1: Party. Yes, there is. Uh, I'm not sure what that's about. Uh, there is also uh, the the New uh, Democrats uh, as well, which is. Which is founded by the Labour MLC who uh, was expelled when she uh, crossed across the floor. Uh, Kaya Lesha, uh Vagahelia—I uh, probably mispronounced that. She's uh, doesn't matter. She'll be gone. Yeah, she's of Indian ethnicity. Uh, uh which uh despite her being a, a hindu uh was not invited to Dan Andrews taxpayer funded uh 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 end of Dawa uh celebration which he had alcohol at which hindus uh like don't have
0: <laughs> god he's a vengeful prick isn't he <laughs>
1: Yes, there was a Reignite Democracy Australia forum uh, that uh, it was live streamed by uh, Real Rakshan, which had all of these uh, minor parties.
0: Now, uh, will, we, will we see a teal, another teal wave in uh, the state? I would think, seeing as it's already overwhelmingly left wing, we probably won't.
1: Uh, well, you know, what if the, the teals federally uh, in Victoria done? I mean, there, there's moaning uh, Monique Ryan, uh, Karen from Kuyong, who is still obsessed with uh, masks and COVID. And then there's uh, Zoe Daniel in, in Goldstein, who, well, uh, uh, she's most noteworthy for uh, meeting a CCP consulate official saying we should be better uh friends uh so she's proven herself to be a useful idiot uh they're they're pouring a lot of resources uh the well uh wh- when i say the the what is it the the teals uh because well there's the uh what is that uh donation cap of four thousand per candidate or uh party uh so uh, there's no teals party because uh, uh, they're still called technically community independence so there's a strong uh a individual donations going into uh community independence i'm just using these you know the language that they use in hawthorne q oh, uh brighton and uh, sandringham so they yeah because be... I, I
0: i only recently learned about these um campaign uh, donation caps four thousand dollars over four thousand something dollars over four years is the cap um which really just entrenches the large parties who all get public funding anyway
1: oh and uh, the unions can still uh spend uh what they want i uh, i campaigning though it's not all going uh, Dan's way at the at the moment. Obviously, Dan has basically sort of tried to give the the unions everything uh, that they want over the past eight years. Uh, but uh, well, you reap what you sow. So the uh, the CFMEU, uh, whose uh, members uh, revolted uh when uh Victorian Secretary John Sekka didn't stand up to Dan's uh construction shutdown for two weeks and jab mandate. Uh, this is some of their uh election material. Uh, so uh, Dan might be a prick, but he's a prick who's delivering for construction workers. Labor has committed ten billion to build hospitals, over thirty billion in current infrastructure projects, and the suburban rail loop. It is worth seventy billion. Labor will keep you in work for another thirty years. I mean, that's a that's a backhanded compliment if you uh, if you ever could think of one. And uh, yeah, who else so- are
0: they going to support?
1: Yeah, and they also have a another one. A lot of us didn't agree with Dan during the pandemic. Fair enough, but he keeps us working and providing for our families Only labor will build infrastructure and hospitals, keeping construction workers in work.
0: Sickening. Everybody's going to forget about the um, absolute uh, disgrace that was the uh, crack crackdown on free speech by victorian police during the pandemic and dan will get back in and i suspect he will do very very well in the lower house
1: uh they, they imagine my shock that victoria police are having trouble with uh, recruitment um yeah not, not many people are. Uh, what uh, what is it inspired to to serve? I mean, it's good that there's there's not uh, that many sadists in Victoria who were attracted to pepper spraying old grannies uh, stomping on uh, people's heads, uh, choking uh, women for not wearing masks and slamming heads into the concrete. Mm, mm.
0: Um, but uh, the firefighters are also uh, furious with Dan.
1: Yes, uh, they've. Uh, uh, this is unprecedented uh, that uh, th- there'd be emergency services vehicles that would have graffiti that attacked Dan Andrews. So you see, it's got Premier Andrews has trashed firefighters' cancer laws. Uh, so the, they've got their website underfire.com.au. This is the the other one here. Time is is ticking. Dan,
0: the 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 firefighters' union isn't really getting behind any other party either, are they?
1: No, they're just uh, well, like it is the role of of unions to stand up for their members, so they're they're not uh, they're they're standing against. Dan but not for uh anyone but you know this is this is devastating for uh Dan who well he he bent over backwards to uh get the the merger of the the Metropolitan Fire Brigade and the, the CFA in his in his first term to have uh Fire and Rescue uh Victoria uh as far as I know the uh the uh, it a nurse and uh midwifery uh union they're all you know all in for for for, for dan and even though uh they continue uh to be uh the these uh failures in health care uh, the latest is that uh number Oh, that's only a tenfold for- increase
0: New Zealand has a yes. has a 17 1700 percent increase in people waiting over a year um, for their first specialist appointments.
1: Yes, so uh, this has been well there yeah, the the, uh, the story of uh, this year, but it's been brewing since uh, pre-pandemic. Uh, uh, of course, the the Dan Andrews Labor government have blamed the the uh, the the a- the ambulance response time. Uh, what is it contributed uh, deaths? Thirty three Victorians died mainly because an ambulance wasn't there uh, in in time. He just, of course, blamed the. Uh, the pandemic, so he's running out. Well, of Well, and then
0: they d- ran a campaign encouraging people not to call ambulances unless it was a real emergency, rather than ensure the service worked.
1: Well, also the reason why the, the there's more people turning up to emergency departments is because less and less GPs are, are bulk billing because uh, the bulk billing rebates are still only around 38. Dollars, uh, so
0: oh, that might explain
1: you know, why I seem to be getting
0: charged more often,
1: yeah. So, this explains because Australians believe they have a right to free health care all the time, and so they go where it's still free, which it's you know, you can still go to the emergency department to get, uh, you know, seek, seek treatment for an upset stomach if you want to wait more than 24 hours, you know. Mm. that you know that keen to get something for free well it's not free of course it's you know taxpayer funded uh, now uh, we also have the 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 liberal campaign is is not uh going well and uh peter dutton is uh you know being basically told to uh stay away and uh On some of uh, the candidates' election material, even though it has the Liberal blue, doesn't say that they're from uh, the Liberal Party there. So David Southwick, the deputy uh, Liberal leader member for Caulfield, in my opinion, he's gone. Uh, It's going to be a three-corner contest. His seat of Caulfield uh, up against a Teal and a Labor. I think Labor will win that. He definitely won't win that. He holds it by 0.6% there's a uh, Brad Rosewell in Sandringham uh, that's also uh, TL is running there he's just the member for Sandringham oh.
0: interestingly um, the the Liberals have a policy of reducing the cost of using trains and buses
1: yes uh, uh, two dollar tickets
0: which um, you know as as bad as I might feel for five minutes would be awesome for me, but, <laughs> but they won't get a chance to implement it. Uh,
1: no, I know. It's even with, uh, you know, libertarians, uh, self-interest policies by uh, uh, pro- uh, promised by politicians are incredibly attractive.
0: Well, I, I'm just not used to it, really. Um, my entire life in New Zealand, there was never any... Uh, Budget policies or anything that suited my interest. There were no tax cuts. Everything was for families or for subsidies uh, or for people on low incomes. And then I come here and it's like Shangri La. And every year I'm getting a handout of some sort, whether it's uh, uh, tax cuts for the year or something else.
1: Well, the the, the stage three tax cuts are for uh, middle income earners, so forty five thousand to two hundred k. Uh, they'll uh, be all paying 30 cents in the the dollar coming in by 2024. There's a concerted campaign by the social justice lobby and media for Labor to dump its promise to keep these stage three tax cuts because the the coalition in 2018 decided to legislate tax cuts in three stages, even though what is it? I reiterate what I said before, long-term, you know, fiscal planning is a is, uh, fool's errand. <laughs> and now let's go over to uh, uh, New Zealand uh, where I know that uh, the UK is uh, the, that the home of the climate Bandal uh, brats, uh, but uh, they're certainly uh, up and about, uh, particularly in New Zealand.
0: Yes, there's now an epidemic of uh, climate uh, change and uh, pro-passenger rail uh, protesters um, blocking off uh, motorways in Wellington. Um, it's happened multiple times in the last fortnight. In some cases, they're just climbing the gantries which over that uh, overlook the motorways and putting up banners. Uh, but this is enough to close down the motorway. And in other cases, they're gluing themselves to the ground and blocking off access to on ramps. Um, they also, incredibly, uh, yesterday attempted to zoom in to a select committee hearing on submissions on infrastructure proposals and tried to make their submission while they were breaking the law, blocking off motorways, Uh, fortunately, the MPs actually made the decision um, not to listen to them while they're in the process of breaking the law. So that's a relief. And even the uh, Labour government uh, MPs uh, agreed that they would not take submissions from these scum while they were blocking off motorways. Well, that uh, now um, we also have um, we've got the Izzy Cook interview, have we?
1: Yes, that happened a uh, a while back, uh, but we were off air. So, what is it? Uh, uh, remind us who Izzy Cook is. So,
0: yeah, so Izzy Cook is a sixteen-year-old leader of the uh, school strike for climate protests. In Wellington, um, there's no longer a group in Auckland because they declared themselves too racist and uh, (laughs) and broke Ah. up. (laughs) Uh, But uh, Izzy was uh, on News Talk ZB being interviewed by afternoon host Heather Duplessy-Allen about her recommendations for behaviour during the climate crisis and it proved quite an own goal. Let's have a listen. for example. So we would have to apply
1: to have, like, approved events to be able to fly for? Well, that's one thing that you could look at doing. Am I allowed to go to Fiji? Is that necessary? In the current climate crisis, I don't think that that's necessary. When was the last time you were on a plane? Mm, I'm not sure. Maybe a few months ago, to be honest. Where'd you go? Fiji. (laughs) Izzy! Izzy, don't you care about the climate, Izzy? Of course I care about the climate. Not enough. You went to... (laughs) (laughs) You went to (laughs) Fiji. Izzy,
0: come on, Maze. Are you you serious?
1: (laughs) Are you serious, Izzy? No, it's pretty... Are you still there? It is pretty ironic, but to be honest, it's not really a trip that I wanted to go on. But I can't really get out of it because Why'd you my go? To go? Why'd you go? My parents wanted to go. I didn't want to go. How are you embarrassed that your parents did that to the planet and then forced you to do it as well? Of course, I'm not embarrassed. Did you have did a you terrible visit? time? Not really. I didn't. have to do <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. Listen, you're such a champion. I think you've got a brilliant future ahead of you. And and I, are you doing another strike soon? Yeah, well, we'll look to.
0: Good. I will. I will we'll talk to you again. and why can't you back on the show? And hopefully, there's another teenager whose political aspirations will crash before they got off the ground. <laughs> But of course, the Green Party was then complaining the next day, saying that Heather doopussy Allen was bullying this teenager. Well, if you want to play games with the adults and organize protests to influence government policy, then you take the consequences of being a bloody hypocrite.
1: Yes well she just asked that question uh, the the interviewer and like the answer was so hypocritically hilarious that she rightfully lost it. I mean I was giggling along as well and yes it's an old interview but it's a Goldie as well and and shows the the caliber of these uh, New Zealand climate activists they haven't yet, glued themselves to local artwork and throw in uh, uh, various uh, cans of vegetables at them, like they're the brats in the UK. That's because New Zealand
0: doesn't have any.
1: (laughs) Well, there's a lot of uh, Maori art. They, of course, wouldn't dare damage that.
0: No, no. Um, the, uh, what was even more wonderful was um, a couple of days after that interview and the spin-off, which is um, probably even worse, as stuff.co.nz for um, leftist retardation, um, her mother wrote an article attacking Heather DuPlissy Allen for getting that information about their trip to Fiji before the interview and then bullying her daughter. <laughs> I don't think there's any worse thing to have happen after you've been humiliated in a radio interview to then have your mother stick up for you in public
1: <laughs> yes uh, not really uh, showing you know you're the what is it uh, as you said uh strong independent ready to to, to play with the adults
0: yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I I started in politics when I was about 16. I first stood as an independent when I was 19, the first election I could run. Um, people are horrible to me, and I just took it on the chin. That's it, politics. <laughs> and they were probably right to me too. What the fuck did I know what I was talking about at 19 years old?
1: <laughs> oh, well, you know, of course, the, the, the most famous, uh, you know, uh, youngster who, what is it, changed uh, her views uh, was uh, Liz Truss.
0: Yes, uh, she was in the Liberal Democrat Party, wasn't she, initially?
1: Yeah, she uh, the monarchy and called it disgraceful.
0: Yeah, um, and I'm not happy with her. She's done a lot of damage to the cause of tax cuts um, with her disastrous prime ministership. Um, because not, uh, what the tax cuts were about 161 billion pounds over five years, and there were going to be energy subsidies which are worth about 20 billion a year off the top of my head. So she was looking at an extra 50 billion dollars spending in the first year of her budget, despite the fact that the deficit was already 15 yes, billion pounds.
1: Yeah, and that's what I said. What's what she uh, and um, uh, quasi quartang her. You know, close uh, political ally and 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 friend. Uh, they what what they were like uh, basically putting forward was uh, neocon which is deficits don't matter because the tax cuts just magically pay for themselves, and so you don't need to worry about the. The deficits, or it could also be called Cheney economics, because he's the one that said deficits don't matter which they do.
0: I mean, there is some truth to that. Um, When New Zealand cut the top rate of tax from 66% to 33% in the mid 80s, tax revenue went up. Um, But uh, when this situation is quite different, I mean, you've got a country where uh, government debt is about 100% of GDP. Um, and you're planning on increasing your deficit from £15 up to potentially £80 billion in a year with subsidies and uh, tax cuts, of course that's going to spook the markets. But the only thing that spooks the markets more than something like that is then doing a U-turn on it a couple of weeks later and firing your um, Chancellor of the Exchequer. Uh,
1: So now uh, uh, Rishi Sunak is uh, the the new prime minister unelected uh by the uh conservative mps because he was the the only candidate because the nomination process was rigged uh he was rejected by the the tory party membership uh when it was a choice between him and liz truss and uh, let alone the the british public uh, getting a say on the on the matter but he's the the globalist uh, choice uh, Jeremy Hunt is, uh, remains the, the Chancellor who junked all of Liz Truss's uh, budget, and, uh, but uh, at least they are going to be cutting uh, expenditure, though Rishi Sunak has uh, re-banned fracking, which Liz Truss was going to unban.
0: Uh, well, how and what's going to happen to energy prices now as a result of that. Um, I don't know much about them, though, so it's too early to say for me. I I don't know a lot about them.
1: But, yes, uh, a lot of uh, news coverage is focused on the fact that he is the first uh, non-white British Prime Minister or non-Indigenous British uh, Prime Minister, first uh, non-Christian Hindu. Uh, so uh, that's obviously when there's this uh, new, what is it, uh, uh, first, uh, then, uh, of course, it's uh, celebrated as uh, great for uh, diversity. And uh, there's a lot of uh, people on the right who, because they, they it seems like they're sort of salty that Obama was the, the first, you uh, know, uh, President of, of the United States of color, so they're glad that the the first British Prime Minister of color comes uh, from the Conservatives. Like it always annoys me when like Conservatives sort of like talk up like, oh look, we've got, you know we've had all of these female Prime Ministers and uh you know uh ministers and now Prime Ministers of of color. Like you know they're just astounding. why do they even
0: talk about it?
1: Uh, but the, the the thing is that about uh, Rishi, Rishi Sunak, the reason why a lot of people aren't sure of his loyalty to uh, Britain is because of his choice of wife, who's not a Brit, is an Indian heiress and uh, used her non-resident uh, status to avoid tax the fact that they held green cards temporarily he's they they are more uh more global citizens it seems rather than british uh citizens
0: well i i would be the last person to commend someone for for paying more tax if they could avoid it
1: except when uh you're the you know the prime minister and the the chancellor which is like the the treasurer (laughs) and yeah you know, you should sort of, like you oversee the agencies which go after tax avoiders.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, so the the uh, British people, you uh, have to be ready for Rishi, uh, whether you want to be or not.
0: Well, yeah. Um, Lady of Shell, just said that the UK is in its last days. So to me, the um, economy... The economy in most countries responding to the pandemic around the world remind me very much of uh, the stage we were up to in the late 70s and early 80s, um, with out-of-control deficit spending, um, higher taxes, greater regulation, and I'm hoping that maybe in the next five to 10 years this will set off a a second round of uh, free market revolutions around the world. Uh, I think it's inevitable because, um, obviously, what's happening at the moment with most countries um, now spending over having over a hundred percent of their gross domestic product as debt is completely unsustainable. So something will give.
1: Well, Jacinta wants to go back to the future, uh, to the eighties. Uh, back, uh, well, oh, it was bipartisan, both. Uh, that uh, uh, from the the national and labor parties in the the seventies and early eighties that uh, everything would be centralised, including wages.
0: Yeah, so I mean this this will be quite familiar to Australians who have industry wide um, award uh, contracts, which are ne- negotiated between unions and businesses across an entire sector. Um, But in New Zealand, these were scrapped. Well, the 1991 Employment Contracts Act eventually scrapped compulsory unionism and um, created the ability for individuals to negotiate their contracts. And the fact that less than 15% of New Zealanders have been in trade unions ever since 1991 uh, tells me that it's probably a great success Um, I've never joined a goddamn trade union, and I think I've always done better as a result um, in negotiating my own contracts. Um, But, yeah, so what this is going to result in um, is that people in a particular sector, and I don't even know how you define the sectors. I mean, if you're a legal secretary, do you work in the law sector or do you work in the secretarial sector? Um, So... already looks very messy to me. Um, But let's take the supermarket sector, for example. Um, If 1,000 people or 10% of people working in a sector uh, sign a petition requesting uh, fair pay negotiations, that triggers the law in that sector. Uh, But 1,000 people in the supermarket sector is, what, 1.5% of the entire workforce, possibly less. So 1.5%, a tiny fraction of a minority of people, uh, can now require that uh, my wages be negotiated on my behalf uh, by unions, governments, and uh, businesses. Though the business lobby, Business New Zealand, has actually said, well, we're not going to participate in this anyway. So it is a mystery how exactly that's going to be decided, but I think it's an absolute
1: disgrace. And uh, you've also got a quick update for us about the Hamilton uh, West uh, uh, by-election after uh, uh, Labour pushed out uh, one of their MPs who accused them of of bullying. Yeah, Laura Sharma. Yes, Uh, he's
0: been sitting in yeah i think you've covered some of this last week but he's been sitting in parliament for about a month or so as an independent after being kicked out of the labor party um now new zealand's got the walker jumping law in which the leader of parties can apply to the speaker for the removal of a mp kicked out of their party if they think that it's changed the proportionality of parliament Uh, that would then force a by-election which is not in Labor's interest. However, if if that if um, an MP leaves Parliament with six weeks until six months until the election, uh, then there's no by-election triggered. So Gorov thinks that the Labor Party is going to kick him out six months before the election. Hence, he's triggering this by-election. Um, so so far, we've only got two confirmed candidates, which is Gorov Sharma, who's standing as an independent and intending to uh, create a centrist party because um, there's no shortage of those and in Parliament, of course, Um, and uh, the Opportunities Party has just announced their candidate, who is um, Naomi Pocock, who stood in Hamilton East in 2020. Um, The Opportunities Party has been around since 2017, Uh, they got 2.4% in the 2017 election and under 2% in the 2020 election. Um, but they are a little bit interesting at the moment. Uh, if we just bring up the poll of polls. Uh, so they're currently polling at 2% in my poll of polls, which is v- uh, very close to the top of how they've ever done since 2020. Um, two most recent polls have polled at 2.5% and 3.4%. Um, the, it's because partly because um, they released a tax switch plan uh, which includes a tax-free threshold of $15,000 and shifting tax thresholds in a way that would lead to about $6.35 billion in tax cuts, um, but they would just um, balance that off with a 0.75% annual land tax on residential policy, making the policy fiscally neutral. So I'm not in favour of it. Um, I think you should just cut taxes for the sake of it. Um, so that's a, that's the two uh, that's the only two confirmed candidates labor will run a candidate of course national will run a candidate and uh vision new zealand which is led by the wife of bishop brian tamaki of destiny church uh, will also be standing as part of their freedoms new zealand umbrella party which was formed as a response to the uh covert pandemic um I would say National's probably going to win. It's a bellwether seat. But um, just having that uh, Gaurav Sharma in there, who will could take maybe 10, 15 to 20% of the vote, I don't think he will win. Um, that complicates things a bit. But uh, I would say National's going to win it.
1: With the, uh, you mentioned, what's it called again? The Waka jumping law? Yep. Uh, there's um that would be useful uh in the australian senate uh, because uh, especially with uh, six-year terms a a senator uh who's uh, elected uh via a on a party ticket can leave uh that party you know within well a couple of weeks of of sitting in the in the parliament that uh, was the case most infamously with the the palmer united party the first uh time uh around uh both Jackie Lambie uh Glenn Latherus I, I, they left the, the the party after a few years uh each and it uh, might be that type of law might be useful if uh Adam Bant uh, actually uh, didn't want to be cucked by Lydia Thorpe anymore <laughs> uh could then her out of the party and then she'd be out of the senate but uh if lydia Thorpe was uh, kicked out of the greens uh, because of her i uh misconduct the the latest obviously that undisclosed uh relationship with that uh ex uh president uh dean martin while on the law enforcement uh, uh committee uh so uh she is
0: who got elected with what, twenty to thirty votes?
1: Although he, like his term expired in like in 2019, so he wasn't around for long. But Lydia Thorpe's term expires uh, 30th of June 2028. She's just been re-elected. So unless she is disqualified by any part of Section 44, so uh, convicted of a criminal offence or bankrupt or dual citizen, uh, no matter what, uh, the well, uh, the people of Victoria and uh, the people of Australia are stuck with her for six years. Mm. Yeah,
0: I mean, New Zealand's MPs, two thirds of them are elected at electorate level and the other third are party list ones which come in as a result of the party vote. Gaurav Sharma was elected at electorate level. Um, But I I don't like the idea of party leaders having that sort of power over all of their MPs. And I think if an MP um, has a reason to... Uh, disagree with the party leadership Um, maybe they're getting bullied or maybe it's on a point of principle then um, I'm absolutely opposed to any legislation which stops them being able to do that
1: they're probably the best um, and I know we're getting sidetracked there. the best sort of uh, uh, proportional representation uh, system which still has a strong uh, strong vote for candidates is the Tasmanian and ACT Hare-Clark system so each electorate has 5 members but mm. you still vote for the candidates so in a way even though there's a they all appear on the ballot together like liberal or labor candidates uh they're actually competing against each other for the voters first second third preference
0: yeah yeah so it's yeah, uh, similar to what New yeah. Zealand uses in some in some council elections.
1: But uh, uh, we are already been an hour, so we'll get through the rest of the news quite quickly. So uh, after the. Uh, a jury in the trial of Bruce Lerman, who'd been uh, accused of raping former Liberal staffer Brittany Higgins, they'd been deliberating for a week because they were unable to reach a unanimous verdict. Uh, yesterday they were uh, discharged because uh, it was a, a, a security officer who picked up a a, a box uh, that had been uh, apparently uh, knocked on the floor, noticed that, uh, they're, they're, you know, it was an academic uh, paper related to the unhelpfulness of trying to quantify how often false rape accusations were made because uh, they uh, were not allowed the juries to find out more about the case than what they were heard in court. Uh, Chief yeah. Justice uh, McCallum discharged the jury, but there were likely to be a hung jury uh, anyway, so there's going to be a retrial in February, uh, 2023, uh, Bruce Lehman's lawyers, uh, they have referred, uh, what, uh, Brittany Higgins said, uh, outside the court, uh, after, a, a, a referring her, uh, remarks to the, uh, Australian, uh, federal, uh, police, uh, because they, they could, uh, prejudice uh, the, well, uh, whether they'll amount to a contempt of court uh, offences against the ACT criminal code. I mean, Lisa Wilkinson, she should have been convicted of uh, contempt of court as well, because it was her mm. comments at the which uh, delayed uh, the, the trial.
0: Yeah, that'll be an interesting one.
1: Now, a, uh, after the past week we've had uh, with uh, Australian sports, uh, various Australian sports players, a, a, a wanting to uh, be uh, activists or uh, you know have their say on uh, political issues. The the most uh, famous uh, were the uh, Australian netball uh, diamonds who uh, didn't want uh, Gina Reinhart's Hancock prospecting to sponsor them to the tune of 15 million dollars uh, Gina Reinhardt decided to withdraw the the offer now apparently uh, one of the reasons why they didn't want uh, her money uh, was because of uh, something Gina's father said back in 1984 about Aboriginals uh, he said, uh, I would dope the water up so they were sterile, that would solve the, the problem. So they want uh, Gina that, Ryan. To, laughing to him? Uh, well, that's that's a photo of him and Gina. This is that, was oh, okay, eighty-two. oh, I see, it's, yeah, it's, it's not she's related not laughing at uh, what uh, he uh, he's he said, but you know, no, that's no. Not- they did back in 1982. So she's she's also been asked to disavow her father's uh, racist uh, views, which Gina reinhardt's Hancock prospecting record, when it comes to Indigenous employment and uh, philanthropy, speaks uh, for itself. I mean, actions always speak louder than words.
0: Yeah, and what a seven it was a seven million dollar deficit uh, that Netball Australia million, has had over the last twelve yeah. months. So, yeah, the $15 million is really the difference between survival and falling over, isn't it? Oops. And yet uh, the stu- one stupid woke um, netball team member has um, inspired the rest of her team to put the entire national sport in financial peril. Though so, um, I'm amazed that Gina Lockhart is, uh, sorry, Gina Reinhart is still willing to fund them until they find another sponsor.
1: Oh no, she's withdrawn her offer now. Sponsorship offer.
0: Oh, so she's not going to fund them until they get a new sponsor.
1: No, no, they she's they they're not getting her money. Like, oh, you know.
0: Yeah, fantastic! We,
1: was, we, Something's changed. Okay, because it was an offer. It was like they hadn't received the money. I. But uh, in terms of like uh, Lang Hancock, I mean, he did uh, marry a, his a Filipino housekeeper. So clearly he wasn't, uh, you know, through and through white supremacist racist if he found love, uh, uh, you know, with his uh, Filipino housekeeper. And they, by, you know, their, their public uh, interviews were very much in, in love.
0: It's amazing how many white supremacists marry non-white people, isn't it? <laughs> so-called
1: white supremacists. Of course, I mean, yeah. That's, uh, uh, you know, bandied about. I mean, being in the
0: position myself. <laughs> yeah, there's
1: probably, like you and I, like, you know, we're probably accused by some people of being white, white supremacists quite ridiculously. Yep, yep, uh, and same for me. Uh, so obviously, we had last week uh, the Australian cricket captain Pat Cummins. I uh, didn't like that uh, they're sponsored by uh, Linter, um, which uh, well, uh, maybe if he'd focus more on uh, his game, uh, they wouldn't have lost so badly to New Zealand on uh, Saturday night. Which you're probably that was
0: quite something. Out. I expected that to be an absolute annihilation by Australia. Um,
1: so, yeah, there was a surprise. So this week uh, we have had uh, the uh, Socceroos, the Australian men's uh, football team, uh, releasing a, a video, a critical of Qatar's human rights record when it comes to uh, the uh, the deaths of Migrant workers and their working conditions, and also the fact that uh, homosexuality is illegal in uh, Qatar. Uh, they're still going to go to the World Cup, but uh, they want uh, they wanted to make notes of their their human rights record. Now, in terms of like uh, you know activist sports stars, I mean this is sort of the the most worthy cause because I mean you know nobody can defend Qatar's human rights. Record. I mean, they only got the World Cup because of bribery and FIFA corruption.
0: Yeah, I I think the Socceroos have gone the right way about it. Um, Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater.
1: And yes, they are still going um, because, I mean, at the same time, it is a bit hard to sort of, uh, like, you know, uh, uh, like a demand that sports stars give up like the the biggest sort of uh thing that they've worked for for four years uh but uh i think that uh well they should lobby uh for the for there be a diplomatic boycott uh by uh, western uh officials like there was with the the beijing winter olympics and uh also lobby for people not to go i mean why would you want to go to the Qatar world cup as a spectator like just have like make the stadiums empty yeah
0: i can't imagine wanting to go to qatar
1: it's as if qatar is going to make a profit out of it anyway it's a propaganda exercise but I uh, like, uh, oh, like very it's rich chinese that. as well
0: yeah yeah I, I guess the profit margins are good when you exploit migrant workers
1: hmm. yeah that still costs them what is that something ridiculous like two hundred billion uh so despite all that, um, you know, they they couldn't protect human life.
0: No, no. And, well, I guess Australia's not going to be able to um, put on the equivalent and show off their human rights record, aren't they?
1: Uh, uh, Qatar, their response has been, oh, no nation's perfect either, is is Australia. But, uh, you know, we're a bit better than uh, Qatar, I, I, I should say, despite what happened during COVID. <laughs> All right, and
0: um we we're just gonna finish off with elon musk he's finally taking over twitter does this yes. mean i'll get my twitter account back
1: well you should i mean there's a there's a whole i i think elon musk's uh tesla engineers they're like they're now deep diving into twitter now like they've got a whole bunch of accounts to to unban i mean uh still got to an and amb- unbanned Trump and the the Babylon B I mean you know you're sort of down the pecking order with regard- Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I could wait a couple of months
1: <laughs> but yes he he, he came in uh, with a with a sink uh, like as in the pun let it sink in and he's already thrown the uh, the, the the metaphorical kitchen sink at uh, Twitter's uh, work leadership so the CEO CFO and trust and safety legal officer, uh, are all gone, which is that's a bloody good start. And already yeah, Twitter's and like
0: seventy five percent of their workforce may be laid off, though. Yes, that's just a rumor. I understand. And, and Twitter's
1: already a, a better experience. I noticed the the algorithm was uh, quite different this past week, even before he took for ownership. Like when I say different, weird, good, good, different, weird. I have to so, take yes. your word for it. <laughs> Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, bring it on. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to what his next movie is. But um, there has been some bad news that uh, Twitter uh, has. Uh, sorry. Uh, while while the, uh, the 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 focus of tech reporters has been on Twitter and Elon Musk, PayPal decided to secretly put back in its terms and conditions that two thousand five hundred dollar USD uh, fine for misinformation. Uh, we'll see if they blame that again on an, on an, on a second error, but yes, I think, well, it's certainly the final straw for me. I mean, I don't want to use PayPal if they're just going to keep trying to sneak that back in.
0: No, um, I tried to close my PayPal account, but it's still got all my New Zealand emails and stuff on it. And it's incredibly complicated. So I just won't use it.
1: Yes, uh, what is that? Uh, good, good and the bad, there always is, uh, but uh, we're way over time, so good to have you back, uh, Stephen. Thank you. Great to everyone, be back. Uh, for watching as as usual, and we'll be back uh, same time next week for Trad Tasman Talk. I'll be back Monday for another Tim's News Explosion, 8.30 p.m. Melbourne time on the Wormsfront Channels. See you later. Bye. Take care, everyone. Have a, uh, hopefully it's a dry weekend for, for those of you who are sick of the rain. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of Trad Tasman Talk. To keep up with the latest real news and analysis from the Tasman nations, visit the theyoungshackles.net and rightminds.nz.